to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Not too bad, yeah, been an interesting day, so there's that. Uh, what have you been playing with in the last week? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I'm on the road again, so I'm currently recording from my hotel room in southern Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't get a ho- get a chance to get a whole lot of gaming in. Uh, messed around with a few things on Division Two. Still, I don't play that hardcore, but I'll jump into it every now and then if I need like a you know just a little cathartic kind of action thing. Uh, same with jumping into State of Decay Two. Played a little bit of that. I've been thinking about picking up uh, Fallen Order, but with Black Friday next week, uh, there's no point to picking it up right now. Okay. Because it'll sense. either be yeah. on sale or there'll be like some kind of perk of buying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, any thoughts on anything you've been playing? Uh, I mean, I haven't really played anything new. I've just kind of been fussing around with some more older games that I still play, so nothing really, unfortunately, to report. Cool. Uh, I'm still continuing in uh, Kojima's mind with Death Stranding, of course. Uh, I don't know how much of the... I think I've done just over 50% of the game, because I've been told there's 15 episodes, and I'm now on episode 8? 7? I think it's episode 8. I got through two episodes yesterday, Um, but some some of the episodes are different lengths to others. Uh, Just for example, episode 3 is probably longest in the... uh, episode list chapters whatever you want to call them they're essentially chapters but they're called episodes uh and obviously they're different episodes for different things um it's really really interesting because i was thinking about obviously death stranding as i've been playing it and while i've been away from the game doing you know other stuff it's it's interesting because um as we've seen this game's trailers unfold and seen kojima talk over the last what four three and a half four years roughly uh, about Death Stranding and more information has come out and it's really interesting because after every single trailer came out everyone's like okay what the hell's this what the hell's that that doesn't make sense this is this doesn't make sense and once when I kind of think back on those periods that made that, that made sense for that, that time because a lot of the trailers were either out of order or at wildly different parts in the game and obviously I've seen certain parts from trailers and they are from different parts and all that sort of thing and of course I had the same reaction coming away from lots of different trailers which was okay what is this weird this and that weird thing and what whatever else is going on but to be completely honest which is obviously one of the things I need to do on a podcast um as I've slowly gotten through the game obviously I'm on episode 8 of 15 I'm not really that confused as to what's going on and I'm quite surprised by that there's still questions I have about certain things that are going on obviously I haven't seen the ending of the game so I don't know uh, certain answers which I assume are going to come up later but I'm pretty uh, got got a sort of head uh, straight head about like what's going on, what I'm doing, um, and I I do think it's in terms of the game being a bit slower. I really do think that helps the story a lot, and it helps character motivations a lot. Um, and I I just think it's it's really amazing when you when you come away from you know all the trailers and everything, and we go into Death Stranding, and I'm kind of thinking, okay, what am I going to understand? What am I not going to understand? All those sorts of things, and then as the game's kind of unraveled, obviously through the hours that I played on it, I'm not really confused about much. Uh, I still have questions, of course, like I said, but uh, I know what Sam's doing in the game. I know what's going on in the in the story, at least for the most part. Like I said, still have questions, but um, yeah, just not really confused about anything. I think that's really really great. So, and it allows me to kind of just experience the game in a cleaner 
state, I suppose, if, if that's what you want to kind of call it. But, um, yeah. It's... Well, I imagine that it helps that it's a brand new IP and not a continuation. Of yeah, that does help the, as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, Mobius strip clusterfuck that is the, uh, you know, trying to understand the story of all the Metal Gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is obviously a bit, uh, uh, quite something. So, because um, even going into, obviously, I finished Metal Gear Solid 1 on the PS Classic months ago. Um, even going into that world pretty fresh, um, it's, it, Metal Gear Solid, I, I would say, is more confusing and more weird, maybe weirder, I'm not sure if it's weirder than Death Stranding, but I think the story is more confusing in Metal Gear Solid 1, and granted, that was from, like, 1997, 8, I think, uh, and things were different, Kojima was obviously different himself, uh, and storytelling was different, so that might account for some of that, but, yeah, I know what's going, I know what's pretty much going on in the story, uh, and it's, it's really cool to kind of be heading towards kind of sort of near the end game i suppose uh, i've heard that the last five to eight chapters roughly are like an hour or two long so i don't think i have that much left to play of the game um i'm not trying to rush through it necessarily but i'm aware that the end of the year is coming up and i do want to finish certain games before the end of the year happens so i'm just basically playing it more than i that i usually would with certain games so uh but yeah i've been really really enjoying that and i've got to an interesting part in the story so uh, which is very, very challenging. So, there's that. Um, played some more Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Of course, I've been playing still the uh, Shoot House 24-7 uh, game mode, which consists of Domination, Headquarters, Team Deathmatch, and uh, Kill Confirmed. Uh, Kill, Conf- Kill Confirmed, I'd still say, is one of the worst game modes that's ever been put into anything. Um, essentially, the idea of it is you kill an enemy in a normal way, whatever, however you're going to do it, Uh, And then that enemy drops a particular tag and you have to then pick that up. And in order for your team to get points, I think it's like 65 points or something, you have to count each tag. Uh, And one of the other things as well is if an enemy kills your teammate, they drop a different color tag and then you can run over to that tag and like cancel their kill. You still get the XP and the kill yourself even if you don't confirm it. The conf- confirmation of the kill is just for the team points. So uh, there's that. But I, I really don't think it's it's a great idea but uh, that's just me. So um, but yeah, I've been enjoying that. It's a hectic game mode and um, it's just fun to, to still play the game. So that's great. Um, uh, what else have I uh, Oh yeah, I played uh, some of... Um, it's like VR ping pong basically but I think it's called ping pong pro or something uh, in VR Uh, I've been enjoying that surprising amount played like a couple of hours this week roughly Uh, it's actually a brand new game because it got sent to me uh, through uh, boomerang of course so it's actually like a brand new game which is interesting Uh, I think it came out the same day as uh, Star Wars I'm pretty sure because they they both got added to my list at at the same time so I think it came out on the same day obviously not getting anywhere, anywhere near as much press and speaking of it not getting much press um it's got obviously a single player mode where you can play against the computer and that and it's got multiplayer modes i've gone to search for for opponents six different times and i can't find a player so maybe nobody else has got the game i don't know but uh yeah i can't well you gotta remember the uh the vr doesn't have the highest attach rate i think when we talked about it when they did announce numbers a while back it was like one in 27 so Mm -hmm. i mean that's still pretty impressive because I don't think, like, with Xbox, every 1 in 27 Xbox still has the Kinect attached to it. Yeah. But still, you are talking about a very expensive peripheral, yeah. and the fact that their attach rate is even that high is impressive in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree with that, but it's just, like, I've searched, like, six different times and haven't found one player, which is weird. The, the strange thing is, when you click on multiplayer, 
it says looking for opponent and then until it apparently finds that opponent it keeps loading that screen and then it loads you into a ping pong table thing and then across the table it's just got this uh loading thing in front of me and it won't get past that situation so i, I don't know what the issue is necessarily it, what it kind of seems like is that it's finding an opponent but it's not loading the match for some reason so i don't know what's going on but i'll, I'll keep trying with that so uh yeah that's all the stuff i've pre pretty much been playing so obviously i've been spending a bunch of time in in death stranding so uh let's take a quick break we'll come back and then we'll talk about uh some other video game stuff we'll see you in a minute Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, watching The Watchmen, of course, our podcast for The Watchmen on HBO and Sky Atlantic. Uh, we did cover Season 1, Episode 5 today. There is four episodes left uh, in the season, so we're going to continue to cover that until the end of the season. That's from me and David. Uh, me and David also today, of course, covered Season 10, Episode 7 for The Walking Dead. Uh, it's got one more episode left before the mid-season finale, which will, of course, be Episode 8, and then it will be back in February, which it usually is. So I assume that will stay the same. Uh, speaking of February and AMC, by the way, they did today announce that uh, Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad uh, prequel spin-off is back in February as well, and they're going to be kind of airing them together. Uh, Better Call Saul Season 5 and... Um, Walking Dead 10B, so look out for those. Um, cool. Uh, Flash Podcast, Season 6, Episode 5. Of course, we're still doing the CWDC show, so look out for those. Uh, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, spoiler-free discussion. That's another segment from uh, Entertainment Talk TV, Episode 27. Of course, if you want to listen to all of the segments, uh, go and listen to that uh, particular podcast, Entertainment Talk TV, Episode 27. Go and have a look out for that. Uh, Atypical Season 3 review for Netflix, uh, another really, really good season for Atypical uh, on its third season. Hasn't been renewed for Season 4 just yet, but it's just kind of come out a few weeks ago, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, went and reviewed, <coughs> of course, Atypical Season 3 for Netflix, so you can go and check that out. Spoiler free and spoiler split. Uh, Batwoman Season 1, Episode 5, you can check out our podcast for those. Uh, Let's Play Sundays, Episode 15 is for Fortnite Chapter 2. Uh, and it's called Chapter 2 because a few weeks ago, about a month ago, the map was swallowed by a black hole. And then they made a new kind of sort of version of Fortnite. So uh, I checked that out as well for Let's Play Sundays. Uh, Last Christmas review. Last Christmas is a, of course, Christmas film, hence the title, uh, starring Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. And it's also got Michelle Yeoh 
from uh, Star Trek Discovery as well. So uh, you can check that out. Uh, the Good Talk, Good Place for Season 4, Episode 8. Uh, there will be the mid-season finale this week, which will be Season 4, Episode 9. Uh, which will of course be Thursday for the US and Friday for the UK. So have a look out for those. American Horror Story Season 9 Episode 9 is the season finale and the series finale for that current story. Because it's an anthology. So you can check out my thoughts on the season finale. Uh, and that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. All right, what do you want to talk about today? Well, before we jump into the news, I didn't want to interrupt your flow there, but did you see all the memes that were floating around when uh, Fortnite was doing that whole black hole event? I saw some of them, but it was, a, it was a few weeks ago, so I can't quite remember all of them. Yeah, one was like a fake news article saying that Elon Musk bought Fortnite just to delete it to save the world from virginity. <laughs> and then the other one wasn't a meme, it was just uh, a Pornhub Twitter account we've got better holes to stare at which i thought was very funny but that's just me i got a messed up mind cool. uh, but yeah that's cool. yeah okay so going into the news we've got the recap from everything at xo 819 uh which was in london did you get a chance to get over there or see any of that at all i watched the i watched the stream but i didn't get a chance to go over there so Okay, a couple of highlights. We got new IPs from Rare and Obsidian. Obsidian announced a uh, survival genre called Grounded, to where you're about the size of Ant Man, which looks pretty cool. Uh, Rare announced a new IP called Everwild, but all they did was launch a trailer. You see, if you even if you watch the trailer, outside of the fact that the animals are uniquely uh, designed and colorful, and that you're sneaking up on them. Uh, you learn nothing about uh, the game itself. Uh, we got some DLC for uh, Sea of Thieves called Seabound Soul and Fire. Um, that should be coming out here fairly soon. Uh, obviously, with Black Friday being next week, we got the basic previews from all the stuff. Uh, X- Xbox One S, all digital edition consoles are up to $150 off, depending on which ones you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game Pass Ultimate, if you haven't gotten around to getting to that yet, you'll be able to get the first three months for just a dollar. Uh, there's going to be a, a slew of Xbox Game Studio titles going 50% off. Uh, wireless controllers are $20 off, and uh, are, they're offering $10 off the Design Lab controllers. Um, as well as you know some early stuff for uh, games upcoming for sale, things like that. Uh, uh, Game Studio revealed Tell Me Why from the uh, Don't Nod Entertainment Studio, which is the studio behind Life is Strange. Uh, so you, you can check that out. Uh, big announcement that Halo Reach is coming to the Master Chief Collection on December 3rd. Uh, new... new uh, trailer for microsoft fallout sim new trailer for age of empires 4 uh more information with uh, minecraft dungeons and minecraft earth got a nice little trailer for wasteland 3 got the first glimpse of the game crossfire x uh, they announced a new drift racer called cart rider drift a uh, big announcement is that the Final Fantasy back catalog and Kingdom Hearts back catalog is going to be coming to the Xbox platform. Uh, 
Uh, we got a new, uh, as well as some of the Yakuza games are going to start coming onto that. A uh, new, new uh, sim called Planet Coaster. So basically it's just Roller Coaster Tycoon dolled up for the 1X. Uh, we got the open beta for the new game West of Dead, uh, voiced by Ron Perlman. So that should be very interesting. A uh, new horror game in the uh, Twisted Mirrored Universe called Drake Hollow. Uh, and a couple other minor things, but it was a big announcement. What caught your eye there? Um, I, just a kind of general comment on the whole event. Uh, and this isn't, a, I really want to emphasize that this isn't a complaint, it's more of a personal taste kind of thing. It's very interesting to me that Microsoft seems to be going for a lot of stylized games. Now, they've already got a lot of focus uh, on things like State of Decay, Sea of Thieves, because you said in there that there was another uh, Sea of Thieves update thing. You said recently also about playing one of the State of Decay update things, the Outbreak, Daybreak, one of them sort of, whatever it was called, uh, that, that sort of thing. And with um, Halo Gears and basically Forza, uh, they haven't really gone for any other, like most of their other titles, including things like Ori, um, things like Super Lucky's Tale, which is on Switch uh, at the moment anyway. Uh, I don't know if that game's on PS4, but I know it's uh, out on Switch. Um, I'm just interested to know why they are continuing to go for a lot of stylized games as opposed to more like real looking sort of games. Because, uh, I mean, in terms of PlayStation, which I guess is what I gravitate towards a bit more these days with just some of their titles. And again, this is a personal taste kind of thing. Uh, I'm just wondering why, um, like, kind of why and how that ended up happening. Where Sony's going more for, not live action, but real people looking kind of games. I know there's a particular term, but I can't think of what it is. Um, and Microsoft has got Photorealistic? In... Photorealistic, yeah. Uh, Sony's intent on going more down that route, whereas Microsoft has gone completely the, op- the opposite route outside of, like I said, Gears, Halo, and pretty much Forza. Um, and don't get me wrong, I like the, I like stylized games. I mean, uh, was it Inside? Was my game of the year for 2016? I really liked Limbo. Uh, Ori and the Blind Forest, I think, is a brilliant game. So it's not like I have a dislike for those games, but I would like to see more photorealistic games from Microsoft. And given that they got this big emphasis on, you know, Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass, which is great. You know, it's a service that they're dedicated to. People are subscribed to it. Obviously, they want to serve that as much as possible. That makes complete sense, obviously. Um, but when I play something like Gears of War 5 and it ends up being my pretty much at the moment my game of the year, I want Microsoft to tap more into that market and, you know, more of a personal taste thing, as I've just said three times for some reason. Um and given the fact that, you know, we've got the Xbox One X, it's the world's most powerful console, I don't really think that any of these stylized games are going to truly take advantage of, you know, the Xbox One X. And, because um, I haven't seen, you know, what, what Gears of War 5 looks like on the One X, but I can imagine it looks pretty damn good. And I just want Microsoft to tap more into photorealistic stuff. Um, and just a whole bunch of these games that got announced uh, seem to be going down the stylized route. So what, what do you think in terms of that? Well, I think it's more of a credit to Microsoft Studios for being as hands-off as they are because a lot of these mm-hmm. studios we're talking about, I mean, they're owned by Microsoft, but they are their own independent studios, and they're saying, this is the game that we want to make, and Microsoft's like, okay, yeah, sure. We're not going to force you down right. a visual style just to appease something. Um, if this is what the game you want to make, go ahead and make it. Let's see how it does. Um, and there's a lot of games that might not have ever come out to uh, – you know, to the market because of that. I mean, hell, look how old uh, 
Minecraft is, mm. and we're still getting updates for that, and can't even begin to call that photorealistic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but pa- but past that, I mean, you know, you're always going to have your Call of Duties, third parties. You're always going to have like your sports franchises that are going to get more and more realistic. So mm. in some sense, there already is a market. They're just not exclusive to Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. I just want them to go for more Gears of War type games, not like. Don't give me like five Gears of War sequels a year or something. I mean, in terms of making similar type of games, because I mean, I love Gears of War, and I would just like to see Microsoft make more similar things towards that. Um, I mean, I guess you've got Halo. Well, we as should well, be getting but... a new. Yeah, we should be getting a new Halo game within the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, end of next year. So, and I mean, Forza, like Forza, is always a, a game to kind of show off, but it's not really. Uh, again, personal taste kind of thing. It's not a game I kind of gravitate towards, but I can appreciate it for that i mean some of these games do look really good um it's just going to be a case of waiting to see you know probably more of them at e3 next year um and kind of see more of what they look like so um it's this isn't me saying i'm disinterested in the games that they announced i would just like to see them as i've just said do more gears like uh games because i think they can really it's it's almost I mean, I don't want to call Microsoft dumb or anything. That's not what I'm kind of saying. It's almost as if they kind of don't realize the potential in that. But then again, I also get what you mean in terms of them saying to certain studios, you can just kind of make whatever you want. So um, maybe it's the studios that they've got. I don't know. So, um, Or or maybe it was the format. I mean, something like mm, that you would yeah. think more would gravitate towards like an E3 than to an exclusive Microsoft event. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but like you said, I'll have the the Sony games. I'll have the third party stuff that's that's always there. Um, but uh, yeah, just want them to do more gears like type of stuff. So, but the the event itself overall was pretty great. Um, you know, there was a ton of enthusiasm. Um, and I will say as well for people that were live on stage, a few of them that like slipped up a little bit. A lot of them really recovered quite well. There was a particular woman who was speaking about one of the games and. Um, she kind of like almost slipped up with certain things and when you're live on a stage and you're still a human and you're going to make a human error uh it's it's just good that they were able to like just make the whole event go pretty cleanly so uh, i know it's kind of a minor thing for me to kind of praise but it is something that deserves uh recognition as well so because uh, live I, I mean i haven't done any live kind of stage work like that before but i imagine it's not very easy so um there's that um but yeah thought the event was great uh, i assume they'll probably do another one next year um, but of course, E3 next year is probably the next uh, big thing for Microsoft, I would imagine. So, I, I mean, they'll they'll do little like inside Xbox kind of here's an update for Sea of Thieves that sort of thing. But in terms of their next big thing, I think it will probably be E3, which is fine. I think so. Uh, anything else you want to add to this? Uh, no, I like I said, it was more like some of the other studios that were announcing stuff, and then obviously with Black Friday coming up next week. You know, they were getting ahead of some of the hardware sales and some of the hardware sales announcements uh, yeah. for discounts and things like that. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, so, I mean, next week uh, should be interesting, and to say the least. Yeah. Um, they did. I did miss the. Uh, apparently, there was something interesting in the Star Wars trailer at the start, but I did actually miss that. So, um, but I'm going to be playing the game soon anyway, hopefully. So, uh, there's that. Um, what else is there that I want to. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my thoughts on. Uh, XO 19, not 18. So, uh, there you go. What else do you want to sort of talk about today? Well, uh, speaking of stylized uh, games, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield had a massive mm. launch in the UK, and it also uh, spiked uh, sales of the Switch in the UK. According to a Game Industry.biz article, 
Uh, they are reporting that Pokemon claimed three separate spots on the physical sales charts <laughs> for the week ending November 16th. Uh, Pokemon Sword was number one, Shield was number three, and the double pack containing both games landed at number seven. Uh, should note that uh, Jedi Fallen Order fell into number two spot there. Uh, combined Sword and Shield had a tremendous launch, outselling Pokemon Go, Pokemon Let's Go EV Pikachu by 53%. Uh, which was the best launch ever for any Switch game. Furthermore, the release of these games uh, had an increase of sales for the Switch console up 30% during the release week, uh, following a 75% spike the week prior, with almost 90,000 consoles being sold in the UK just in November. So obviously, uh, you know, Pokemon is right up there with Mario as being a franchise and a mm. console hardware seller, and this just goes to prove that point. Now, were you much of a Pokemon player at all? Um, when it comes to me and Pokemon, it's more of an attachment to Pikachu. Uh, just mm-hmm. really, that's kind of the one Pokemon that I kind of, uh, I guess, attached myself to when I was younger and whatnot. I mean, some people would still say I'm young, but you know what I mean. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's the one kind of Pokemon I sort of attach myself to. And uh, I don't necessarily have... Pokemon nostalgia, but I guess you could say I just like when Pikachu so- shows up in certain things, like with Detective Pikachu earlier this year, and and certain things like that. Um, Great got, movie, yeah, really good movie. We we uh, reviewed it on the on the site if you want to have a look at that. So, um, yeah, in terms of uh, I actually have a Pokemon question for those that actually play these two games and that play the uh, Let's Go games as well. If I'm only kind of interested in the I guess you could say original kind of Pokemon, like Charizard, Bulbasaur, uh, obviously Pikachu himself. There's a couple of others, uh, Squirtle, characters like that that I kind of remember the names of. I want to know if I would be interested in any of these games because I'm I'm interested to try and play some of these Pokemon games. I kind of like the idea, uh, but uh, in terms of getting into kind of some of the other characters, I don't think that's really going to kind of work so much so i mean i know there's literally a game called let's go pikachu would i like that one i don't know so because uh, i'm assuming you kind of carry pikachu around with you for most of the game and that sounds kind of interesting but uh it just it just depends what the rest of the game kind of entails so which i'm not sure about so there you go what, what about you when it comes to uh pokemon uh i vaguely ish know what they are i mean i've randomly caught a cartoon every now and then the mm-hmm. last pokemon game that i actually bought I bought it more because it was a Game Boy uh, Game Boy Advance Pikachu mm-hmm. edition, and the only reason why I bought it is because the game came with a uh, wireless connector, so that when you could battle people, you didn't have to have a cable to physically link <laughs> the two controllers. It had like a little wireless connection to it, and it mm-hmm. wasn't even Wi-Fi; it was more of like a IR kind of signal thing. I think I remember that. I think I remember them be there being some kind of. Uh, cables with like the the Game Boys and that sort of thing. So I do remember yeah, I do remember Nintendo... a cable where you could connect your uh, Game Boy to your GameCube because I think I've actually got that cable somewhere in this house. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty yeah, cool it didn't go like IR wireless until like the 3DS. I want to mm. say yeah, but I mean if you remember that <laughs> that portable thing, I mean hell that you would have had to have been like five when that thing came out. It's that old. Yeah, I I do remember having a. Uh, maybe a Game Boy Color or something like that. Um, the 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 flat one that had the cartridge thing at the back, and it had uh just a it just had a D pad, A B, and L and R. That was the the buttons that it had. 
So uh, I couldn't tell you how long after launch I got the thing because I was too young to really even know that sort of stuff. But I've uh, I've definitely got one of them. So um, and I I remember playing a Daredevil game on that, which was interesting. So yeah, uh, according to the internet, the Game Boy Advance wireless adapter was released with the game in two thousand four. Okay, so I would have been yeah ten roughly. So. Yeah. Uh, which is more than old enough. So, uh, yeah, cool stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, to echo kind of your thoughts, Mario and Pikachu have been obviously staples of Nintendo for years. Uh, some would say that Zelda has, but I don't think Zelda's quite in that same frame bracket as like a Pokemon or, or a Mario kind of thing. So, um, oh, well, the games just don't come out as often. I mean, right, you can right. crank out a Mario game, then you can crank out a Mario Kart, then you got the Rabbids crossover. Same with the the uh, Pokemon. You could, I mean, if is you know, it's clearly a popular game. They could easily within the next year come out with like Pokemon Classic and then just redo uh, Red Blue for the uh, Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, people like it a lot. If the game is successful, that's uh, very very good. So, um, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh well, we got some leaked patents for the uh, PS5 mm. controller from the next generation. Uh, if you look at all the designs, uh, the two most notable things is that the light bar on the back is gone, which you know never really got used a whole lot to the in the first place. And like I can think of like three games off the top of my head where that was a thing. Uh, interestingly, they have stuck with the touchpad on the front, so even though that doesn't really do anything as well. Um, that's uh, going to stick with the PS5. Outside of that, I mean, obviously the, the patents don't list the dimensions, but everybody's saying that it's looking a little thicker, you know, a little bit beefier of a device. And that's not to be unexpected. I mean, that's one of the complaints that I've always had with the PlayStation controllers is they feel super tiny and super <laughs> plasticky. Yeah. So I'm always down for a, a beefier one. Uh, the only real other note is that they're moving away from the micro USB as a charge, and they're going with the uh, USB Type C, which is kind of the oblong-looking thing. Yeah. Uh, you see that a lot on Android phones. Yeah, the Switch has got uh, that port as well. So, yeah, the Nintendo Switch, obviously. I mean, what other Switch were I yeah. about? So, yeah, um, yeah, that's got that as well. Uh, I mean, in terms of the uh, the light bar thing um the only thing i know that's used for that is uh when you play certain vr games and it uses that to track it i think i mean there's other ways you Mm -hmm. can easily do that of course just put something else in the controller Uh, i was listening to um interesting thing about the light bar uh i was listening to uh, sacred symbols today obviously colin and chris's uh, playstation podcast which doesn't need a plug for me because it's got a big audience anyway um Colin was talking about the fact that uh, the the guys at Sony were basically basically said at some point that um, they couldn't find a way to switch off the light on this thing, and that's where the option to dim. Because if if you go into your settings and and whatnot, it says like what what type of brightness you want on on the light bar. I've got mine set to dim, just as whatever. Uh, but he said that was the only kind of option that they had, and Chris was quite sort of surprised by that. Uh, that surprises me as well, because I th- I mean you know a light on a controller and this is a thing that you made why can't you find a way to, to kind of get rid of it uh i mean in terms of that sort of light it's never really bothered me much at all um it's just kind of an additional thing that's there um i mean it 
gives you a way to know if the controller's on or charging and that sort of thing, uh, which is which is I guess good for that. But um, yeah, I mean the, the only thing, like I said, I know that that's used for is to track the DualShock Four when you're playing. Uh, certain VR games, which of course you can also use the uh, the move controller for. Uh, there's certain games like uh, Astrobot and uh, what's that game with the mouse called? Uh, what is it called? It's right on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of what it's called. Uh, that game as well. Wait, where you're uh, Moss? That's it. Um, well, if you're playing Moss or Astrobot and you're using the actual analog stick to move those characters around, because those are sort of more 3D platformers. Uh, those are two games I know you can't use the uh, uh, move controllers for um, the uh, interesting question I have about the move controllers is why don't they have a D-pad on those things? Because whenever I bring up my PlayStation menu to I don't know check the time, turn the console off, or d- go back or change game or something like that, um, you can bring up because it's still got a PS button on both of the move controllers, um, but there's no D-pad for me to actually navigate the PlayStation. And there's no other way for me to do that, so I still have to actually pick up my DualShock 4. Um, but yeah, there's certain games that um, you can't actually use the move controllers for for VR. So um, yeah, a lot of people kind of commenting in terms of this being a bit more Xboxy was the phrase I was being uh, that was being kind of um, said around, I suppose, uh, which makes sense, I suppose. Uh, in terms for me, in terms of like the size and the weight of the DualShock 4, I don't really have any particular problems for it. Sometimes it does feel a little bit like I'm gonna maybe break it slightly um just because when i'm like playing more intense games and i'm squeezing the controller a bit more or something uh that it, it tends to feel like it's gonna maybe break but um yeah i, I mean if the, i i'm not particularly picky when it comes to controllers unless it's like the joy cons or something which i i, I kind of hate the joy cons at this point to be to be quite honest um yeah, of course the small nintendo switch controllers but uh yeah we'll see if this pattern actually comes to fruition or whatever you want to call that and we'll see what is announced again probably at e3 next year so because it doesn't look like we're getting a uh psx this year i think it probably would have already happened wouldn't it so yeah and then know. we're gonna roll right into e3 in yeah. the middle of the year so there's no real reason to do kind of any uh state of the game between now and then mm-hmm. cool uh yeah what do you think of this uh pattern uh, i'm okay with it i mean they're they're not you know, if it's broke, don't fix it. Um, the only game that I know of that actually uses the uh, the light bar that's not a VR game is Until Dawn. Um, okay, and that's just because I watched a movement thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's only because I watched a, a let's play of it because uh, I was curious about the game, but I wasn't really curious enough to actually play it. Uh, so if nobody uses it, you know, I got no problem with them getting rid of it. But then that brings up the question: Why don't they get rid of the touchpad? Because it's just another button at this point. <laughs> <clears throat> the only time the touchpad for me ever comes into play is if I'm uh, doing any kind of text and then I accidentally bump it and right. it just kind of goes wee, 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 all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't actually like using the uh, touchpad for like typing. It, it, it's just really kind of loose to me. Uh, I just end up using the D-pad. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see what these, what everything kind of looks like next year, I suppose. Um if there's going to be any kind of VR to what the PS5 will actually look like, uh, what any of the Xbox stuff will look like, because of course we've not seen anything from uh, any of that, what these controllers will look like, and then two years later we'll probably get pro versions of the PS5 anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. So, there's that. Uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I have is a list of all the nominations for the Game Awards, which mm. came out the other day. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll just recap them. Real quick, for Game of the Year, 
We've got Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, Smash Brothers Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. No real surprise there. Uh, for Astral, for action games, we got Apex Legends, Astral Change, Modern Warfare, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. Again, no real shocks there. Action adventure games, we got Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, uh, Legends of Zelda Link's Awakening, which actually that one is a little bit of a surprise. And then Sekiro again. Uh, for esports, uh, Counter Strike Global Offensive, Dota 2, Fortnite, League of Legends, Overwatch. Not even real a shock there. Um, so we got the Game Awards. Uh, does it give a date for when they are? I think it's uh, the 12th of December. Uh, it doesn't say, uh, yeah, 12th of December. Uh, so we got a couple weeks for that. Uh, if you happen to live in L.A., you can buy tickets at AXS.com. Uh, the uh, Game Awards show is going to be at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. So nice little bit of branding there for Microsoft getting to name that theater. Mm-hmm. Um, the only real shock, I mean, is that even Control made it as much as it did because yeah. everything that I've been seeing is that it's not selling well. I mean, on the PlayStation, two weeks after launch, it's not even in the top 20. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. granted, you don't have to sell a million copies of the game uh, to be a, a game of the year contender, but you would think people would have to play it at some level. And if it's not even cracking the top 20 on such a dead uh, couple of months to where there's nothing really... I mean, there's a couple, three games, like obviously Call of Duty's out, Outer Worlds is out, but if you look at the top 20 sales, most of them are games that have been out at least a month before uh, this came out, so... Yeah, that's that's my only real shock on that. Yeah, the the one sort of snub uh, for me is uh, Gears Five not being in there. Obviously, that's again a bit more of a personal taste kind of thing. But I'm just surprised that's not in there. Uh, I am surprised Control is in there again. Just e- kind of echoing what you said about the sales and just a lack of people well playing it. Then if they haven't brought it, um, what else? Do, uh, I, I guess Star Wars maybe came out slightly too late. I'd be interested to know if that's eligible. To, eligible uh, for next year, because obviously games like um, Smash Brothers came out what December something. Uh, didn't that didn't that come out the day after the Game Awards last year? Because I remember Reggie being on stage and talking about Joker in in Smash Brothers. Uh, I think it came out that day or the next day or something. But it it, it made it eligible it like, for this year instead. It was like right before, right after. It was like super super close. Yeah, so Hell, it, it might have launched the day of. Yeah, it it it. Uh, made it pretty late into the year, but obviously it's eligible for this year. So I, I'd be interested to know if Star Wars is eligible for next year or if it's just missed uh, this year's slot. Because a lot of people seem to be enjoying it, so for that to be kind of a miss is is a bit of a shame. Um, yeah, re- interested to know that remakes can be in there, obviously, re- with uh, Resident Evil 2. Uh, the rest of the selections, uh, Sekiro doesn't really surprise me, Smash Brothers doesn't really surprise me. What I think is going to happen is Death Stranding is going to win this and one more award, or maybe not necessarily Game of the War, but it's going to win at least two ga- uh, two awards, either for one of the other things. And then there's going to be a conversation about, like, oh, Jeff Keighley such friends with Kojima, and he rigged it, and all this sort of nonsense, obviously, because we know that, well, he's actually got a cameo in the game himself. Um, but uh, I can see a lot of, you know, outlets kind of reporting that when it gets to December, like, oh, Jeff Keighley rigged it, so that Death Stranding wins Game of the Year, because he's buddy-buddy with... 
Kojima and all this sort of nonsense. Obviously, none of that is really true. Uh, and it might not win anything anyway. So, uh, one thing that I want to talk about the uh, performances that are in there. Can you quickly recap that list? The uh, yeah, let me... performances. Yeah, let me bring it back up here real quick. Hang on one second. Cool. Uh, the, the one that I do want to talk about is um, Norman Reedus as Sam Bridges. Uh, nothing to take away from Norman Reedus, but he isn't really given a whole lot to do in Death Stranding, like action-wise and dialogue-wise. His character doesn't really say too much, uh, which is, I guess, a bit more of a Norman Reedus thing because he's kind of that way in The Walking Dead and, and things like that as well. Um, but in terms of performance, I'd probably give it to, I think it's Laura Bailey as uh, Kate in Gears 5. That's probably who I would give uh, mm-hmm. the war to. Have I got that correct In from, from yeah. the list? Yeah, I mean, Gears 5 is in the action game. It's just not yeah. in Game of the Year. Uh, which list did you want again? Uh, the performance one. The one that's got Norman and Redison and that in it. It doesn't list that in the article that I'm reading. It only lists... Uh, well, maybe it's on... Uh, oh, and okay. the, all the games are, are voted for, so you can go and vote for it at thegameawards.com. Let me pull up that site. It might have it. Yeah, I checked the uh, official Game uh, Awards site earlier, and it, it had it on there. But... Uh, yeah, uh, that's just my one kind of comment about the Norman Reedus thing. Nothing to take away from him. He's just not given that much to really do necessarily in the game. So I'm I'm a bit surprised by that. So yeah, uh, one interesting thing I didn't notice this at the top because I was only reading like the recap article of the big thing. Okay. Um, they've got uh, uh, content creator of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've got Courage, Doctor Lupo, uh, Griff G shroud uh but one person on there also is ewok who recently just jumped from twitch to mixer so that should be interesting okay the only one i know uh, is shroud in there and yeah it's only because of the recent news of him joining uh uh mixer so which we talked about um yeah there's it, a is, lot is there's that a replacing, lot of streaming awards is that replacing trending gamer because trending gamer wasn't in that list that's what you that's yeah. what has been called the last couple of years so uh, but yeah, be interesting to see who wins what on the on the twelfth. Uh, I think it's probably at like six uh, p.m. Pacific again, like it has been for the last yeah. couple of years. So, um, we'll see. What, yeah, any, here's the uh, any predictions from you? Yeah. Who do you think is going to win? Not really. Game uh, the. I just it's it's one of those things that there's the public vote and then there's the uh, judges vote, and so I don't know how much of that is weighed. Okay. Uh, so here's your uh, uh, performance uh, category. Ashley Birch as Perfardi Hokums from The Outer Worlds, Courtney Hope as Jess Faden in Control, uh, Laura Bailey as Kat Diaz in Gears 5, mm-hmm. Mads Mickelson as Cliff in Death Stranding, uh, Matthew Porletta as Dr. Casper Darling in Control, and then Norman Reedus as Sam Porter Bridges in Death Stranding. Yeah, quite interested to know that... Um the Doctor character from Control is on there because he's really a side character in Control. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see a lot of him, but I don't know that I would call that one of the performances of the year. So, uh, again, I'm not trying to shit on any of the actors, but um, just in terms of what they're given to do, uh, I would point out that guy and uh, Norman Reedus is not really just having a lot to do for their characters. So, uh, But yeah, I'd probably give it to Laura Bailey as uh, Kate in Gears 5. Because I think she did a very, very good job. So, um, cool. So I, I think that's what we want to talk about with that. And of course, we'll recap the thing and talk about obviously some announcements 
uh, from which, what happens, wherever happens at the Game Awards. I'm sure that it will be like three and a half, four hours long. So that will be interesting as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool. So you said that was the last thing that you had to talk about. Yep. Cool. Uh, well, something which might be announced at said Game Awards is uh, a new rumoured Crash game. Of course, we've had rumours before about there being a potential new uh, Crash Bandicoot game. Uh, and of course, Activision is still going strong with the license that they've got. Uh, but on a particular forum thread, I haven't actually got the name of the website here. Someone posted this in the Crash Bandicoot group that I'm in. Uh, it says Crash Bandicoot 2020, uh, obviously, which is when it would come out. Uh, the mask in the video, it's time to play. Have you seen that particular advert lately? Like on YouTube no, that hasn't or on, popped or up on TV my... or anything like that? No, that hasn't popped up on my end. Okay. It's basically this little PlayStation ad where they've got, you know, their PlayStation characters. Uh, Nathan Drake, Kratos, Aloy, Crash Bandicoot, Fortnite... Uh, who else is in that as well? Uh, there's a couple of other characters that are in there, but it's basically this, you know, PlayStation that to show all their kind of characters. Um, so the the mask in the video, it's time to play, and that Crash Bandicoot render because there's a particular new newish, well, not a new design of Crash Bandicoot, but it's Crash Bandicoot with a new coat of paint, you could say. Uh, render uh, on the buses because um, there's, there's been this poster on the buses as well uh, in the UK uh, come from the new game coming in 2020 so apparently this redesign or new coat of paint that we've seen for this Crash Bandicoot is actually a design potentially from a, for a new game which is interesting uh, coming in 2020 of course the game which was initially known as Crash 8 uh, bears the title of Crash Bandicoot Worlds. The game will introduce three new masks. Uh, the Lunar Mask, the Sun Mask, the Eclipse Mask. Crash will travel uh, around uh, the planet Earth in a semi-open world similar to Mario 3D Worlds. I've not played that game, but I've seen some of it, so I sort of know what, that, sort of know what that's like. There will be new enemies, such as a hybrid cat frog, a rhino, a wombat, and a uh, rapper monkey. Very Crash Bandicoot-like. Uh, the game is in the game is developed by Toys for Bob and Vicarious Visions, and since October have uh, started to be shown in Behind Closed Doors, and an announcement is potentially going to be shown in December. Of course, the Game Awards are in December, so that would make sense. Uh, the thing that kind of makes sense development-wise is that um, Beanox and somebody else, I can't remember the other developer's name, were making were the ones that made Crash Team Racing. So in terms of recently developed games, because um, if you guys remember, uh, the Insane Trilogy was released in 2017. So that would that would technically, if Toys for Bob and Vicarious Visions, of course Toys for Bob did do some on the uh, Spyro uh, Reignited Trilogy remake thing, um, but uh, Vicarious Visions, who is the main developer on the Insane Trilogy, that will potentially mean that they've been freed up for two and a half years, roughly. Uh, or obviously, yeah, a little bit over two and a half years um, to potentially develop this new Crash Bandicoot game. And in terms of, you know, they would have um, new assets and, and that sort of stuff already kind of built from the remaster and everything. If they're giving it just like a, a new cut of paint, that would kind of make sense to me. Um, but yeah, if they've been basically using the assets that they've already got from the remake to make a new game over two years, I think that's more than doable, because Crash Bandicoot isn't like, uh, Star Wars Fallen Order or something, where you've got just crazy amounts of things going on. Uh, it's a, much more of a simplistic kind of game to develop in that sort of way. Uh, let me ask you this, do you think this is actually what's happening, or do you think something similar is kind of going on with this new game? Probably something similar. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, just, yeah, it just makes the most sense. Yeah. What do you think, I, in terms of what I said with, like, development time, with Vicarious Visions being a bit more freed up uh, to, to hopefully make this game? Well, time is a weird thing, because sometimes you can have a game and throw just crazy amounts of time at it, and it still doesn't come out very good. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can have a game and you can throw a crazy amount of people at it, and sometimes it doesn't come out very good. And sometimes you can do both, and it still doesn't come out very good. Uh, kind of the three biggest examples of that is uh, Duke Nukem Forever, uh, The Last Guardian, and Fallout 76. Right, yeah. Uh, the other thing that makes sense to me timeline-wise is if they've had two 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 and a half years roughly, because it came out June or July 2017, the uh, Insane Trilogy, if they've been working on it roughly since then, and uh, that gives you two and a half years until the you know 2019 Game Awards, and all, if, if all they need for that is some kind of like you know trailer of sorts, that's probably quite doable, because then if this is a 2020 game potentially coming out in the summer of 2020, that gives them another what's that eight nine seven eight nine months roughly uh if we're talking summer, oh, summer, yeah. summer next year uh that makes sense to me as well and then that would give them a total of around three years to make a new crash game so yeah uh, i mean in terms of what this new game sounds like uh it's not quite what i had sort of in mind in terms of what i would do with a new crash game uh but if they want to be a little bit more ambitious and make it kind of a semi open world thing and include these new masks um i i trust them to kind of develop that uh i mean in terms of crash bandicoot's history obviously naughty dog did the original trilogy and did team racing and then it went off to i can't even remember the developers names of the of the other games but uh the ones that made um not wrath of cortex the 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 fourth one that i said didn't really have the soul of crash bandicoot i can't remember the actual name of it um the, the return of cortex the wrath of cortex i think it was the wrath of cortex um the the fourth one and they, and they made like twin sanity and then they made all these other weird awful kind of games uh and none of them sort of worked uh so in terms of the tr- in terms of trusting a developer with this franchise um vicarious visions have actually made a, an original level if you remember the um what was it called the, the futuristic one that they made which was kind of based off of one of the levels from crash bandicoot 3 that went down really really well a lot of people really enjoyed that including myself so uh we've kind of seen what they're capable in terms of new content uh i mean in terms of crash bandicoot levels i don't imagine it's too hard to come up with something similar but new uh, but they managed to kind of do that as well uh basing off of you know one of the previous levels but still uh putting their own kind of spin on on it uh it was called future Future Tense, that's what it was called. Uh, it was like the, the free DLC level that they did. So, um, yeah, I trust them to make a new game. I trust them to, to see what they're going to do with it. And, um, yeah, I mean, if heck, if there's an announcement of a new Crash game and there's a trailer at the Game Awards, you know, I'll be pretty excited. So, yeah, uh, it, take, I mean, take this with a pinch of salt or a grain of salt, whatever the, the phrase is, because um, it might not be true. We might not see anything in December. Uh, we might not see anything for another year. We don't know. Um, but uh, sometimes these things turn out to be true, uh, which is hopefully the the case. Uh, also, someone posted on someone in the Crash Bandicoot uh, community kind of posted that the person that posted this uh, particular thing has also been right about Crash Team Racing and something to do with the Insane Trilogy. They've been right on two other occasions. That doesn't mean that they're right here, but they've obviously got a bit of a history of being correct. So hopefully it's true. We'll see what happens in December, which is next month which is crazy uh i mean the game awards are actually less than a month away because they're on the 12th so 
yeah, we're almost there already. So we'll we'll be there before you know it. We'll be doing the podcast for it before you know it. So uh, there's that. Um, cool. And because uh, I did have the game awards written down, but Robert had the the list, so we've already kind of gone through that. Um, yeah, we'll see what uh, comes out from that. So. Uh, Peter writes in with something this week and of course if you have any thoughts, feelings, uh, questions, any of that sort of thing on video games or any, anything related to Entertainment Talk uh, or if you just want to get in contact with us, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter e, Talk UK, there's the contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Peter says, uh, so with the nominations for the game awards out, I'm surprised not to see Star Wars Fallen Order or Gears 5 on there, a lot of people seem to be sort of saying that as well, do you agree it would be quite controversial if Death Stranding wins more than a few awards, uh, given Jeff's and Hideo's uh, Kojima's relationship uh, and given the fact that Jeff runs the Game Awards as well, so um, bit bit similar to kind of what I said as well but uh, what, what do you think in terms of if Death Stranding wins a bunch of stuff and those conversations start happening I suppose well, it's one of those things that I'm not that much of a conspiratorial kind of person. Yeah. And it's not like Jeff is the only fanboy of Kojima. I mean, hell, right. you fanboy out about him like crazy, like constantly. <laughs> um, and I got to imagine that a lot of his fans are going to be very active on the voting on yeah. the Internet. But like I said yeah. earlier in the podcast, I don't know how much of the public voting is weighted versus the judges. If it's like the public voting does like tiebreakers or if, like, public voting counts for, like, one and the judges each get, like, one vote. or See, I don't know that setup. Yeah. I don't doubt that it'll take at least a couple of awards, if nothing, if not in the, you know, in the, in the uh, creative divisions. Because mm. when I was on the actual website, there was, like, 25 or 30 categories. I just touched on the, the highlighted ones from the news article. Yeah. So it'll win at least three or four when it comes to, like, art direction and game direction and art sound and things like that. Um, past that, I mean, I've seen weirder stuff, but I don't, I wouldn't, you know, chalk it up to like crazy conspiracies like Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster and things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, about, if Death Stranding wins more than a couple of things, we're bound to see something reported, but those are just going to be the people that want want your clicks so i mean every website wants your clicks so that they can continue to run but you get what i mean in terms of uh being a bit extra or whatever you want to call it um because mm-hmm. we know what the industry can be like so uh i mean if it wins a couple of things that'd be great i do enjoy death stranding so that'll be great as well but we'll just have to wait for december 13th or 12th whatever the date actually is so um yeah that's what we've got for you for this episode of random gaming talk thank you very much for listening we'll be back next week with another episode um and see if i finish death stranding by next week i think i could i'm not gonna rush through the game i'm trying to basically just play more of it in one go but not rush the game plus it's not really a game you can actually rush in that way because uh, mm-hmm. such a challenge with the deliveries and whatnot but uh, I'll see if I can finish it next week and in terms of review for that game there's a couple of things I want to touch on with reviews I mean where would you start with I mean I don't know where I'd start with this training there's so many different things to talk about so uh, I'll see what I can come up with um, a bit of an update on review side of things I did tweet out I think last week or earlier this week I have tried to review the Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer but something about the podcast just isn't coming together properly. I've recorded three, di- three different versions and it's just not quite coming together the way I want it to. So we'll see if I can get something out for that but uh, that's just an update on things for that. So 
Ah, uh, there's that. Um, cool. If you want to find all the content that we've got, it's on entertainmenttalk.org. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon. Check out the $1 and $3 level tiers. Uh, you can also, of course, use your Amazon, our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, if you're shopping for people for Christmas or treating yourself or both, uh, you can use it for that and we'll get a cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra iTunes feeds. Uh, apparently, there's no issue with the iTunes feeds because David checked on his side of things, uh, on public side of things. Uh, I think it's just my phone, so that's the last I kind of want to update for that. If you are having problems with getting iTunes update uh, updates from us in terms of new episodes, do let me know because then I'll have a look at it. So there's that uh, but yes please rate, please rate review and subscribe to us on iTunes as well that helps us out uh, word of mouth please tell your friends family people that you know about the website and your iTunes feed uh, you can share them on Facebook retweet them on Twitter uh, put them in different Facebook groups if you're allowed to and last thing video games if you want to watch us play different video games me and David stream on Twitch Robert streams on Mixer thanks for listening and uh, look out for Let's Play Sundays as well thanks for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye <laughs>